Welcome to Future Insiders, a podcast about the future of tech, business, and humanity. This week, Kathy talks to Professor Schultz, who is a marketing professor at Brock University. His passion is to explore augmented realities, strategic potential for marketing. Let's go ahead and get started. Here's your host, Kathy Hackle. Okay, so my guest today is someone that I met in the internets uh, and someone that I find incredibly interesting because of the work that he is doing, especially at the university level. Um, So I want to welcome Professor Jo Schultz to the uh, Future Insiders podcast. Welcome, Professor. Hi, Kathy. Great to be here. Thank you. So I want to share with folks a little bit about what you're doing, because I think You know, I think that the work that you're doing at Brock University is incredibly meaningful and important. And I really think it's probably the first, the first uh, type of uh, course, Um, you know, and I'll let you explain what it is, but I think it's the first course in the world that is specifically dedicated to AR and marketing. So um, tell folks a little bit about what you're doing at Brock. Yeah, yeah, we believe it is. And we're super excited about it. Um, So I joined Brock University Uh, in 2019. I came before that I was over in California, uh, also as a marketing professor. And there I taught augmented reality marketing kind of undercover. I kind of snuck it in into a digital marketing (laughs) class. Exactly. Total (laughs) stealth. Uh, It was once you were in the class, it was pretty obvious, but then you couldn't really leave any longer also. Right. So like 60, 70% (laughs) of the things we talked about was probably AR related. Um, and that was, I started this in 2015 and I always wanted to have a course that just really focuses on that and doesn't have to talk about all of the other exciting things that exist in marketing and digital marketing, but something that we could really dive deep into augmented reality marketing. And when I say augmented reality, I'm really talking about everything else related to it, mixed reality, extended reality, et cetera. Um, yeah. And Oh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, sorry. Um, and then I, I went over to Brock uh, looking for like a, a university that says we want to go all in. And so in May 2020, we launched for the undergrads uh, what we believe is the first AR marketing course in the world. And then in September, we launched uh, the equivalent course for our MBA students as well. So we have like undergrads and MBAs now one another belt. That is just wonderful. And I have to say, uh, full disclosure, (laughs) um, you know, Professor, you invited me to be a guest um, in in one of your classes. And I found that to be so engaging and just a wonderful opportunity to be speaking to these students. So what's been what's been the reaction or the feedback you've gotten so far from the education community as well as from your students? Oh, like people are super excited, like in, about your visit in particular. Um, we had like this cool fireside chat uh, with an actual fireside. With an actual fire, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Virtual, also, you know, virtually the, for me, I saw the, the fire virtually. It wasn't right. person, but but That was great. good for you because I got pretty hot sitting next to that fire, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, but like the, the students loved, loved everything about it, I would say. Um, it's, it's something they intuitively know just by seeing it, right? And just by reading the news and listening, for example, to podcasts like yours, that this is the next big thing. 
right? And, and students are excited about this because maybe especially in like an, an economy like today, uh, you have to be really, really savvy to kind of see like, okay, what's kind of disappearing, what's kind of starting up and that's where you want to position yourself as a student. Uh, and students really understand that and embrace uh, this, this new type of marketing. Um, and I also heard like a lot of great results from uh, the more faculty uh, side. Um, I recently uh, was lucky to win an award for this course by the Mid-American Deans Association for Business Schools. Yeah. And so there we kind of presented this course and uh, people liked it there a lot too. So I hope that there are a lot of more courses uh, popping up like this in the near future so that more students can actually uh, get their hands on this. And we're also planning on extending our offering into the online uh, domain as well. And I think that's brilliant. Um, it was an article I remember in Vox Media, Vox, I believe, that talked about um, how the need for AR and VR professionals was skyrocketing. And, mm. you know, not only developers, but we're going to need, uh, you know, the people in business, the people in marketing, the people in product. We're going to need so everyone, true. right? Um, so, so, yeah, why did you... You know, I, I kind of want to better understand what your students are learning. Obviously, I know the curriculum because I've seen it, but I think for the folks listening, what does it entail to take an AR marketing class with you? Um, it would be probably, if I believe what my students tell me, it would be probably the hardest course you ever take in your business <laughs> college career. Um, but that's for purpose, right? Because like we want to kind of break new ground here. And that means we have to kind of invent at the side almost what AR marketing really means because it's still such a new field and we are really um, developing new ideas in this course. So like on the one hand side, they get the basics. They get to learn about like, what is AR? How do you define it? Uh, what are the different ingredients like active and passive ingredients? How do you maximize engagement? How do you use it for retailing? How do you use it uh, for advertising and so on? But the core of the course is that we work with two partners. Uh, one of the partners is a brand. So in our case, we worked with wineries because Brock University is in the Canadian wine country. Mm -hmm. And uh, we designed for our brand client an augmented reality label for their signature wine. And so we go in there, try to understand, do understand like, what is this brand about? What could be a story we want to tell through AR? So what is the experience we want to create to offer to the consumers? And then students come up with all of those ideas and present their uh, final um, strategy to the brand client, but also, and that's our second partner, they present it to a uh, AR development studio. We are partnering with Up360, which is an AR VR development studio in Toronto. And then uh, between the brand client, what my students and I are doing, and that uh, development partner, we are then creating the final result and then executing it into uh, the business world. So like this is something which Up360 is right now developing and will hopefully see um, or come to market within the next couple of weeks or months. I love that it's hands-on, like they're actually learning mm -hmm. to deploy a you know, something from, from just idea all the way to campaign. Uh, that's brilliant. And, you know, especially in AR, because it has different, you know, different considerations when it comes to UX, to experience, even metrics. Uh, you know, yeah. I talk a lot about how in some way, shape or form, 
in marketing, we're going to have to come up with new metrics. What do you think of that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because like the metrics, they are really dominated still by um, like exposure metrics, right? So like how many views that you have on Facebook or uh, how many likes or loves that you get. Um, sometimes it dives a little bit deeper into like how long did you watch a video or like how much did you read this web page but it becomes really an interesting um like it's a it's a different field in in augmented reality because it's such an experiential medium right so the experience is so so important and it really depends on like what do consumers do like what what are they doing around in in ar and so that relates to metrics uh maybe a metric of like did they open the AI experience is not really interesting. It's more like a question of like how much time they spent there and what did they do in this experience? What was the emotional response to the experience? Those would be really interesting metrics. And then from a campaign, a campaign planning perspective, I, I totally agree with you there. That is the really interesting thing for me, I find, because like we as marketers, we are so used to kind of thinking about, okay, here's content I present to you on the screen. And, and that's kind of the perspective uh, we always kind of fall back on. And it's such a different thing to design for a experience where you are at the center rather than you are like from the outside observing in, right? So instead of having this window into a different world, which would be like the typical advertisement or, or content uh, on, on, uh, on TV and social media, now suddenly you have to create worlds and you have to think about, okay, what do we do in this world? And, and how do we uh, encourage consumers to kind of explore this world? And why would they be in this world in the first place? Like all of those things, they need to be thought through. And that, that's, that's what I meant earlier when I said, like in this course, because they're so, it's such an early field still, mm -hmm. we kind of have to think about like what is augmented yeah. reality marketing really, right? And so kind of yeah. putting it all together live as we're kind of creating these campaign ideas. And I think to your point, you know, when you are deploying augmented reality, especially, you're asking the consumer to live your brand, right? Um, to come into your brand. So, and you know, when you think about brand voice and the brand persona and, and all those things, it just takes them to a different level. And I think that that's why courses like yours and having these conversations now are going to prepare those students for the, the you know, the big roles that they will have in the future. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, so I'm, 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 you know, I'm a big supporter of what you're doing and, and quite, uh, quite excited. Um, do you want to maybe share with folks a little bit about some of the research that you're doing beyond just teaching this wonderful course? What is some of the research that, you know, that you're sinking your teeth into? Oh, yeah, I love to. So research is obviously the other big half of what a professor does. And I'm super happy about a couple of projects I'm uh, right now doing or um, just have completed. So one thing I just recently sent off to one of our uh, major academic journals is a really cool study about like how does AR help in our consumption process. And I think there's a lot of research already being done on how AR helps us to overcome what is often called the imagination gap. And now I can see the couch in my living room, et cetera. And then it looks kind of, I can, can better imagine it and I have the dimensions, et cetera. And that helps me kind of go through and buy this maybe without going into the store. But I think 
and this is what this research really shows, like another thing which is really, really important for marketers to realize when they're thinking about, should we use AR? Or, I mean, by now it's more like, how should we use AR? Because uh, in some industries has, it has become like a necessity almost already. So they think about like, how should we use AR? And I think the key aspect here, the key idea is to really develop a consumer-centric perspective. Like similar how we do this also in this course we just talked about. There we kind of take a consumer-centric perspective and ask like, why would consumers actually be in this environment? Why would they engage in that brand world that is created by AR? Same in retailing, like what are consumers trying to do, right? And so there's like the, uh, like the, the branch of marketing research I'm subscribing to is called consumer culture theory. And there we are really interested into, uh, in understanding like what do consumers do in their everyday lives? Like how do uh, marketing communications play a role in this? What role do, uh, do products play in this? So like what is the consumer perspective here? And so from that perspective, the finding I found in, in, in this research and what I did was I interviewed uh, people uh, who use the Sephora app uh, for makeup, uh, the virtual artist app by Sephora. And so we talked for like an hour or something like this and we analyzed or analyzed the data afterwards. And what really came out of this was that AR is not only there to help us see products, but it really can help us believe in ourselves. And I think that's kind of a nice new take on AR. It's not only seeing a product, how it looks like in a space, but it's really believing in myself that I'm, I'm a competent consumer here. I'm a competent mm -hmm. makeup consumer in this case. I can practice uh, uh, and learn new techniques, but I also have creative control uh, over my own style. And I think those two things, like the, uh, executing techniques and the appropriation of styles under my own creative control, I think that is really where AR uh, shines. I think that's that's brilliant. Um, I'm, I'm taking notes because I'm like, wow, wow, you're really dropping some amazing information there. I need to turn this into an article. <laughs> so I love that you mentioned the imagination gap and being the creative creative authority of your own style. Is that what you said? Yeah, I call that one the autonomy gap. So you have the imagination gap, we all know this already. And then uh, there's the autonomy gap, which is really about you have creative control. It's you, are out, you have autonomy over your own creation of your own style or look. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one I call the competency gap. So that like you learn how to uh, like execute certain techniques uh, and become externally validated by AR. And I think that's brilliant for two reasons, because obviously you you read some of my work, but you know, I, I, I've been really, really getting into the whole thing related to digital goods and digital marketplaces and direct avatar. Yeah. Now I'm starting to do more work around NFTs and just this massive opportunity in, in the fashion and in the art world. And, and it's exactly that. It's about being able to control your, you know, your creativity and your, 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 your style and your, you know, in a totally different level. So I love what you're saying. Um, I will say something interesting and I want your reaction to this. When I right, think about AR, <laughs> when I think about AR, I think about it as a full funnel medium, right? And I think it was in artillery that I first read something about this, but yeah, yeah. giving it a lot of thing, a lot of thought about, is it a full funnel medium? Does it impact every step of the customer journey? Obviously right now it's being used in brand awareness, right? And that getting you pe getting people into the funnel. 
and at the you know the point of purchase in some ways as well. Um, I mean that needs to be a little bit more defined, but you know point if we do pre-purchase, purchase, and post-purchase. And the post-purchase side, I'm thinking of virtual humans and customer service. And how does <laughs> I mean I see AR as a full funnel medium, you know, with conversion rates like Shopify has a 200% boost in conversions when they use AR for product visualization when merchants use AR. Like those are numbers that are just mind blowing. So why isn't, you know, the mar- I think the marketing industry is paying attention, but why aren't they going all in on this? That is a good question. Um, maybe lack of imagination. Like it's, it's actually, I think there's like, it's where's the easiest lowest hanging fruit, right? And so if you think about the, the lowest hanging fruit is first of all, like the infrastructure, which is there. So you have I mean, not that those are not cool things. Those are all cool things. I have to preface it like this, right? But you have things, for example, like Snapchat, which has done an amazing job of kind of really creating um, like these AR lenses and then obviously also Instagram and other places. And and so this is an infrastructure which is there, which is top of funnel, right? Um, Then you have uh, really cool developments, for example, by places like vertebrae and other com- uh, companies mm-hmm. that offer you like a like a backbone into like how do you create AR assets and how do you distribute them on your e-commerce side and that's kind of towards um, the end of the funnel and, and so those things are there and it fits into marketers thinking because that's marketers are attuned to this funnel metaphor and I think that's where I have always problems with this funnel metaphor because on the one hand side I agree that yeah it is kind of going throughout the funnel but the problem I have with the funnel is that uh, the post purchase phase is more like an afterthought in that funnel mm-hmm. and it's not really well explored it's, it's not a big part of the funnel because everything is kind of from awareness down to purchase and then yeah there's a little bit of word of mouth or something like this right I think as marketers, if you really want to leverage the potential of AR, we have to spend a lot more time on thinking about like what is that post-purchase phase if you take this funnel metaphor, right? Or, or what is yeah. the entire consumption journey? And I think that's, that's mm-hmm. a more useful concept, this idea of a consumption journey. Uh, wow. What I just oh described to you is the, <laughs> is the makeup people, right? They are on a consumption journey. They're, they're in the business not of buying products, right? And then maybe talking positively about them. They're, that's kind of the funnel. They're not doing this. They're in the business of, like the consumers now, uh, they're in the business of performing their own look and expanding their own look in ways that are proficient, technically proficient and socially acceptable, right? So that is their world. They don't really care that much about marketers and what they're doing, right? We're just kind of drawing on these products <laughs> and the services, et cetera. But I want to just look good when I'm going out uh, on a Friday night, once I can go out again on a Friday night, I guess. <laughs> right um, now they got to look good on Zoom. So I think that's why like, you know, uh, digital makeup lines like L'Oreal's are quite interesting to that. And that was at. very interesting when they brought out like this uh, digital only line, right? So because they kind of looked into, okay, so this is happening right now. This is the customer experience. We are trapped in front of those things. We don't feel like it kind of justifies the effort to kind of put uh, like a certain look on, but hey, we can do this digitally. And then we even expanding into what then a look means, right? So like you see uh, like the traditional efforts in augmented reality in the beauty uh, industry is to kind of make makeup look as 
similar as possible to what you would expect mm -hmm. to see in the real world. But L'Oreal kind of went a little bit deeper into oh, yeah. like what is possible. And that's that's the interesting bit, right? So we understand now that AR is kind of this hybrid world. And as we are living more and more of our lives in this hybrid world, like additional um, consumption patterns or consumption activities become available to us, right? And, and so this is, I think, where we should focus on as, as marketers, especially as marketing researchers on the academic side, but I also think uh, on the practitioner side to think really about what is the experience of consumers? What are they doing? What are they going for? Um, what jobs do they try to complete in their lives? What experiences are they longing for? What are the obstacles they're mm -hmm. overcoming? What anxieties, anxieties and concerns do they carry around with them? And then how can we use augmented reality or mixed reality or virtual reality, whatever you want to use as a tool, how can we use these new marketing touch points in order to help consumers live their lives a little bit better? And, and for me, that it's it's all about the consumption journey, the consumption experience. And the final metaphor is nice, but it's a very marketing-centric view. Mm -hmm. And I'm advocating more yeah, towards cool understand really the customer. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, so it, yeah, it's it's hard sometimes to get to put yourself in in someone else's shoes. You know, we work in VR and AR, but we should be doing that more often. But that's that's a, quite a good point. Um, you know, I I think it's really interesting, and I'd love to maybe chat a little bit about also some of the work that you're doing uh, with one. Of, I know that you are. I believe you're part of a council, or you write. I'm not sure what what the status is of one of the top advertising uh, publications. Can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, it's, it's something which I'm so happy that I uh, can contribute, contribute there. It's, it's um, Adweek's Academic Council, and it's a bunch of uh, professors who come together irregularly uh, online on Zoom right now and um, just exchange certain, like, talk about trends. And then uh, all of us have our own areas of expertise, and we write about this. Uh, in order to kind of translate what we know from our academic understanding into the business world. And that's really like, like a big focus for me. Like I'm, I always kind of notice this tendency that academia is doing its own thing and industry is doing their own thing. And I, I really wanna be in the, in the middle of that. I, I wanna be in the messy middle and, and bridge these two worlds. And so Adweek allows me to kind of publish uh, my, my thoughts on a more practitioner-based um, outlet uh, which is fun because it goes a lot faster than writing an academic article. I tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's a lot of peer reviews and a lot of stuff happening oh, yeah. on the academic side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're talking you. years there. <laughs> so, you know, I, I could keep going on this conversation for hours and maybe, maybe we have to bring you back for another episode, but you know, we're getting towards the end of our time together. I want to chat a little bit. I always try to take it and we always end with the future here at Future Insiders. So mm -hmm. what is something that you've seen lately or something you've read, or whatever it is that you are excited about that relates to the future? I must say like the thing I'm most excited about is spatial AR. And, and just, I think a couple of days ago, like Snapchat again, uh, made a move into this. And um, it's not only Snapchat, of course, like a lot of companies are moving around this Niantic as well, type of spatial AR companies. And what I really find interesting there is like, how do we think what new spaces emerge because of AR and MR and how will this transform how we move through these spaces, which then also means how will this transform 
branding and marketing. And, and that's what's really exciting for me. And, and I know that uh, people uh, know this video a lot, so I maybe can mention it even in, in a podcast. And I think maybe it was even mentioned in one of your episodes before, but it's like this hyper-reality video everybody has mm -hmm. seen, which kind of brings like a bad future of AR, if you think about this, or it looks like a bad future, but it's really more like a dystopian world because of yeah. the entire service economy that is portrayed there and the, uh, and the precarious uh, work situations. But what I have found most interesting in this video is, is at the end somewhere where you see uh, a view over the street and uh, there was like a sign, I believe it was for like, an, like a nightclub or something like this, or maybe like a pharmacy or something like this. And that was an AR and then it goes off and what the actual building was something completely different. Uh, mm -hmm. And it was fascinating when I first saw it because I kept thinking about the way how spatial AR is going to be transforming our own physical reality on a large scale. And we move through these worlds and these worlds become uh, take on different meanings and different functions than they have nowadays, right? So I could, I could move through this world and I see maybe not only factual information. So like, like the idea of uh, this is like a review for this restaurant and this is like the, uh, the significant building uh, on, on my left side, but really more like creating alternative realities where um, like maybe I can have a treasure hunt going through or where I can um, leave messages for uh, people in my brand community and we can interact in these ways. And I saw a couple of um, companies already go into this space. Boss Ice-T was like back in the days doing already some really, really cool things where you plant virtual trees and you can plant a virtual forest and people move through a forest in a neighborhood. And all of those things really as a marketer are fascinating to me, especially as like this consumer culture theory marketer, because the question is here, like what does branding become once like our meaning making and, and meaning changing happens not only on like screens and, and, and communications channels, but really in our physical space, in our everyday environment around us. And, and those are really interesting things I find. So imagine, for example, you walk by the coastline and you're just on a hike and suddenly you have your AR glasses on because they recently came out. And so you look, you left and you look over the water and suddenly you see a whale coming out of the water and then that the whale spreads its wings and flies away because it's a whale bird, which is the, the brand logo for a kombucha company. Right, so what does it mean in our understanding of branding once we have like these AR glasses available and we are able to kind of alter the reality or the spaces around us and uh, what this all means for branding. This is what I find really interesting. I think it comes back to understanding like what is the customer experience? Like how do they make sense out of the space they are embedded in uh, and, and how do they appropriate meanings for their lives? And, and what is the role of companies in all of this? So the, I mean, that's a long answer and confusing answer, I'm sure. No, it's great. We're going to have to you know, take two. <laughs> I'm <laughs> to happy. talk about yeah, the future to, yeah. of branding. This is amazing. Wow. Wow. Um, very few times am I left speechless and that was pretty amazing. So, you know. Thank you, Kathy. Professor, thank you for being on the podcast. I am so uh, grateful for you to take the time and you know, wishing you the best of luck with your students. And I hope that 
you know, uh, I hope more students get to take your course because it's truly fantastic. Yeah, I hope so too. And if anybody of your listeners wants to reach out, uh, there's a couple of great opportunities uh, I'm pursuing right now. Um, I'm hoping to soon do some investigations about uh, the state of augmented reality and mixed reality uh, in, in the marketing world. And so this is like another research project I want to kick off. So if anybody's interested, um, I hope they reach out. Yeah, and wh where can they find you? Where's the best place to find you? Uh, the best place is probably on uh, LinkedIn, um, Jo Scholz, J-O-S-C-H-O-L-Z, or on my webpage, marketingsquad.net. Well, thank you for being on Future Insiders. Thanks for having me, Kathy. It's a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Future Insiders. I hope you'll join Kathy for more interviews about the future. And don't forget, subscribe and be sure to tell a friend about the podcast. Thank you.